Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Who's Got Next podcast. July 6th, 2020, Riley Shepard, Bryce Wyatt, here to bring you another episode. July 6th, 4th of July was this past Saturday, Bryce. Any yeah, any yeah. fun stories? I really wish I did have some fun stories, honestly. It was a very, very uneventful 4th of July, still kind of was getting over uh, COVID-19, so that was kind of, that kind of put a damper on everything, and then I ended up watching uh, Hamilton, actually, just to kind of see what the hype was all about. I've been seeing a lot of people post about it. Was it, did it live up to the hype? It it actually really did. I I felt like I really liked it, and I personally am not a huge fan of musicals or anything like that at all, typically, but it really did live up to the hype. It was very, like, it was perfect to watch on the 4th of July. It was super American. Like, I just felt like, you know, you were stepping back into history. I love American history, though, so that's probably why I really liked it. I'd definitely give it a shot if you haven't watched it. It's, was uh, it was, was on, on Disney Plus? Or... Yeah, Disney Plus, yeah. It just so, I think it came out, like, on the 3rd. So that worked out perfect for the 4th. So I... Uh, just kind of laid in bed, watched that, went to bed kind of early. But by what the way, for all, for all those people out there that don't have Disney Plus, please make the investment. It is yeah. so it is so worth it. Stop being so poor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's what? Yeah, ten ten bucks a month for your ten bucks well, a I, month. I have the um, bundle, so I have ESPN Plus too. Well, you got to get ESPN Plus. You have to. And no, this is not an ad. <laughs> we we are not sponsoring Disney Plus, but or will... ESPN or ABC Enterprises. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, although that would be a great sponsorship to have. <laughs> ESPN, please, please reach out to us uh, if you're listening to this. <laughs> please contact us ASAP. <laughs> no, so I mean, I I kind of had the same same Fourth of July. You know, just spent it spent it with my. My family. Um, That's always not, good. Not a not America a big, not is a big, family. Of course, it's the most American thing out there. Yeah, just, just do a lot of fireworks or just we did. Um, I did uh, later in the day. Just really like lounged by the pool. You know, had a had a good day. Oh, My parents nice. had three day weekends, so did a little did a little apartment shopping this weekend too. So oh, that's always fun. It will, you know. I think. But, I think I'm gonna go to IKEA this next week. That's always a fun place. I feel like, yeah, you're you're really, really lucky to have one up there. You know, living in living in Southwest Florida, that's the one thing that that we do not have is an IKEA. So. Damn, you guys should have an IKEA. <laughs> right? Like of all places, Tampa has one. Orlando has one. Miami I, should definitely have one. IKEA IKEA is is the the epitome of of getting whatever you need. Any anything you could possibly need is yes. IKEA. And this is also not an ad for IKEA, but <laughs> but but yeah, yeah I mean, I'm probably I, gonna do that this week and you know, just a nice weekend and finally have gone out into public uh after two and a half weeks of course. So Feels good to be out there. And feels start good doing to some finally gigs. feel feel like like a person again. Yeah, a human who can go out <laughs> and like be public. But yes, it is it is nice. I'm finally 
I'm doing Uber Eats again, making some money. Everything's yeah. going good. Yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot of, a lot of basketball this past week. I will, I will say that oh, for sure. What I really wanted to start off with is being a being a big NBA 2K player myself. They announced the cover athlete, cover athletes, the three cover athletes for 2K21, which is releasing later this year. Started off first and first cover athlete was Damian Lillard, which was a, lot, a surprise mm. to a lot of people. Second one was Zion Williamson, rookie for the Pelicans, who played 19 games this past season. And the third, which... Only 19? 19 games. Jeez, I thought it was no. more than that. <laughs> Dang. And then... Maybe he didn't deserve to be on the cover. I have a very mixed feelings about it. You, You feel... You don't feel strongly about Damian Lillard. Well, no. I think Dame was a very poor poor decision on that part, especially if you look at this season. Like, he's really – I mean, yes, the the Trailblazers might be in the playoffs, maybe. Okay? And I get that the cover athlete isn't always, like, a team situation. But he also was injured for, like, more than half the year this year. And – didn't do anything to me that was like completely outstanding. You should be on the cover of 2K, in my opinion, personally. But who, um, who would you who would you have chosen above him? Because I think it was a great great choice. You know, Damian Lillard. Who? I mean, I'm not. I do like Dame. I think he is good. I just think that I don't know. I just I, I don't see the hype. Like I, I don't know. I. Don't I know. He's clutch. He's really if, clutch. If, if anybody, I don't know. I would, if I anybody in my eyes, not only on the court, but Damian Lillard is very. He's very. He's an activist off the court. Obviously has his has his has his music, sure. which you know if if you yeah. haven't listened to Dame Dalla, highly, highly recommend. Doing I have so. listened to some but, Dame Dalla, <laughs> but he um, he's very involved off the court, and I think it was it was a perfect choice. Yeah, maybe. Maybe somebody like Jason Tatum or a younger player like that, I think should have replaced Zion. I but... I, I would have li- I would have liked to see like Luca. Like I know you mentioned that earlier, like having Luca instead of Zion. I would have maybe liked to see Luca instead of Dane mm. and then keep Zion. Because personally, I think the person on that other cover should be like a rookie or really, you know, obviously new to the game. I, I think Zion was the best pick for that. He's just a monster, dude. Like, there's nothing else. There's no other way to put it. I think, like, you, you couldn't – I don't know. He's like – everyone says he's the second coming of LeBron. Like, come on. You have to put the, him on there. The, like, no matter – Don't get me wrong. I'm a huge, a huge Zion fan. I have been since, since high school. But – I think the sam- the sample size for him was just so small. It was very small, but what we saw, in my opinion, was incredible. It was potential greatness, and I think if he can he can uh, get some players around him that are like going to help him out in the future, that would definitely oh, that, be good for him. 
also, yeah. I I think that um shoot, what was I gonna say? I I can't remember. But anyways, he oh he no he did you see the picture this week that surfaced of him that I think the Pelicans put out. He looks like number one. He's oh, slimmed yeah. down, which is actually good for him because he was just a freaking main, like <laughs> huge. And then he he just looks like he's ready to go. Like, oh yeah, no, for for sure that the pictures. Like he, I think I think he said that. I don't remember the exact numbers, but I want to say he said he lost twenty pounds, but gained another ten. That's incredible. So he's gone down 10, 10 pounds, which... And that's exactly what he needed to which do. Which the last, last he was listed at was 285. So now he's at 275. Which, that, that's good. And if it's, mo- if it's mostly muscle, then that's exactly. even better. Because, I mean, Zion was a little, not chunky, but I'd call it like... He's, he was kinda, kinda, kind of like, a, a little bit of a was, linebacker build to him. He was he was he was chunky with an O. He was chunky. He was like he was waddling down the court. He was definitely not in full full like shape that he probably should have been in. So I'm I'm glad that he finally has gotten to kind of where he needs to be. And then also think about that. That's only before this what eight game regular season and weird playoffs. Think about if he has a full off season to be able to do that. Especially, He'll, especially in the in the NBA, I think he's going to be fine. The, yeah, you know, no, obviously he only he only had one year at Duke to get his body ready for the, exactly, and you know that. And in college, trust me, I get it, Zion. You can gain some serious weight, <laughs> serious weight, first hand experience, first first hand experience in. Let me tell you, the freshman 15 can easily turn into the freshman 25, and then it can just keep going up from there. So it is a slippery slope. I totally can relate to Zion in that way. No, I mean, and the, the, one, the one that I think a lot of people were expecting was, the, was Kobe being on the, on the Legend oh, Edition. That, that's incredible, which yeah. Is going to be going to be listed at – or sold at, sold at $100, which – you know, just oh, is that more than the others? The the, the others are going to be fifty nine ninety nine. The well, it's it's the forever forever edition is going to be a hundred. Sure. I would like to see. Does some of that money go somewhere, like the Mamba Foundation or something like that? I, I feel I like it should. I don't know. I know that it obviously comes with comes with a lot more add ons for the game. So for sure. I definitely have been thinking about getting that. And I think the cover is so well done. It's like painted and it looks like it's very, it's, it's perfect. It's a great like way to honor Kobe. I feel yeah, like that. That was the one that uh, like a lot of, a lot of NBA fans wanted and they did it. They're going to do it so well. You know, 2K, 2K is really good yeah. at doing that. And, you know, especially the legend edition, you know, last year, last year was Dwayne Wade. Obviously retired at the end of last year. No, that this is definitely going to be one that I will spend. I will spend the hundred dollars because, like you said, the cover the cover is beautiful. Might even buy the the uh, actual physical. And and of course, the team that that Kobe spent his entire career with was the Lakers. 
who actually made a pretty big move in free agency this past week, signing J.R. Smith, which a lot of people like to clown J.R. Smith for... Easy easy to clown. (laughs) For not only off-court antics, but what happened in the finals a few years ago on the Cavs, uh, catching or grabbing offensive board and... Thinking the Cavs were up, they were not. Obviously, and we got meme a famous that, that meme still, from it. <laughs> meme that still haunts him to this day. But I think it's a great pickup for the Lakers. Well, obviously losing Avery Bradley doesn't help. No. J.R. Smith, if there's a perfect replacement for Avery Bradley, J.R. Smith is it. You know, mm-hmm. being able to knock down big shots. He played I mean he played a huge role in those in that championship the Cavaliers won. Exactly. And my but, big thing on this too is I think this is a big move not just for the Lakers but for LeBron and that gives that gives LeBron another player that he won a championship with who knows how to play with LeBron and obviously yes that mistake at the end of the game that will always haunt him but in reality you're right. He did play a big part in the championship year and then obviously the year they lost. Um, so I think, I think for LeBron and for the Lakers, there's no downside to it. You know, it's a, it's a low risk, high reward possibility. Exactly. And and what did he sign to? I'm sure he didn't get a whole lot of money anyways. No. And well, obviously it's a, it's a shortened season, but still, I mean, it's not, it's not a big cap hit for them. And, and as great as LeBron is, it's just, it's just evident that a, a great player like that is hard to play with. Like you mentioned that and all these younger players, especially, you know, Anthony Davis, this is his first year playing with LeBron. So, so JR is just another, another veteran that, and, uh, and Anthony Davis, this is going to be his first hopeful, hopefully deep playoff run. And JR is just going to be another veteran presence to with championship experience to help him, Along I, that I route. guess we'll see about all that. I, I'm I'm not really with the Lakers, but I I would have to say that I definitely think getting Jr. helps helps them for sure. This team, this team that they have, is a is a good squad. I mean, not only just Jr. Smith, but picking up Dion Waiters is a and I and uh, Stephen A. Stephen A. Smith mentioned this last week on First Take, but. This team is full of a lot of tough players, and the more that you look at the roster, he's he's right. Yeah, you know, that Dion Waiters is a is a tough player that isn't afraid to get physical and get you know aggressive on defense or on offense. And these players are able to knock down shots to kind of take the load off LeBron and AD's shoulders. You know, Jr. Jr. Smith is able to create his own shot and knock down uh, clutch threes late in games that for sure. And LeBron, obviously this, this year he, he averaged the most assists that he's ever averaged in his career. And this, oh, is, yeah. just, this is just somebody else that is going it, to, it's a matter help, help of that. whether, whether or not LeBron can obviously in this, this whole shortened season, weird playoffs, like, it's it's gonna be so different just because, like, 
a lot of the they haven't played in what like three months now four months like yeah. full months that they have not played a game against another team and that doesn't help and like i said in previous episodes like it takes some time to get in the groove a lot of teams when they first like a lot of really good teams when they first start playing in the season they're not very good like they're they have to kind of work well together you know mesh and everything and I think that's going to be the hardest thing about this um, about this whole situation in Orlando is just getting back into the groove with your team. You can be a dominant player and you can be like LeBron or like Anthony Davis or whatever, but if you can't play together well as a team and, and be very cohesive, like they have been in the past, but it does take some time. So I think, uh, I think that's a big thing about this Orlando tournament is like, like whoever can, I think, be the most cohesive and whoever, whatever team can really step in and kind of prove themselves in that manner, then I think that will be the team that wins. And, and yeah, I mean, JR, JR obviously has experience playing with LeBron and they, they already have chemistry in a way. Exactly. Exactly. So, I, so, I agree. I totally agree. And I, I mean, I, I don't know if you saw, but a lot of the teams opened up their facilities this week and then proceeded to immediately close them so yeah. that, and, and that's that's gonna be a bigger deal than a lot of a lot of teams or a lot of fans think i mean these players are they're not going to be able to practice until coming to orlando which is going to be what two weeks two weeks before they actually start these eight regular season games and the three three or four like preseason in a sense games yeah, I saw. So the so the Bucks shut down their play their uh, facility, the Clippers shut down their facility, the Magic shut down their facility, Miami Heat, Kings, a lot of teams, uh, a lot of teams had to close them down just because of the tests, and that's not a good sign, in my opinion. I feel like that could become an issue, and you're very right. And I also think, like we said, like without, although it's not a whole lot of time, obviously, but without this time to get into the gym and and work together, that that's going to hurt them, I think. Oh, ab- absolutely. The and basketball, obviously, being a former player is is not something you can just jump right into after not playing for extended periods of time, and and not even just training by yourself is close to the same pace same same energy that you need in a in a full regular five on five game and it's gonna take it's gonna take a good amount of time for these players to just knock off the rust i i really don't think that it's gonna be not just because of no fans being there but i don't think it's gonna be close to the same level that we're used to at first i think after after five ten games it'll be back to what we what we're accustomed to to seeing but it's gonna be very interesting to see and and even demar derozan mentioned last week after reading you know the the nba obviously has their safety protocols for this season in orlando DeMar DeRozan went on went on the record to say that reading it 
had him very overwhelmed. He he read a few a few lines in the in the rule book and he was overwhelmed and and I think I think the way that the way that he said it made it seem more just the the season how the season's playing out isn't what he expected. Obviously none of us did. Oh, sure. Yeah. But and I definitely see his perspective. I, I would be very overwhelmed too. It's like you have to play eight games in what, nine days, ten days or something like that. Probably maybe eight. I'm not exactly too sure how that works out. But anyways, you have to play those eight games pretty quickly and then go straight into the playoffs. Right. And for these players, they've come out and said it. The playoffs are intensive. The playoffs are stuff that like like you have to get in the zone for the playoffs. You can't just mess around and be at a hotel and be in the pool messing around with other players during the playoffs. That just won't work. Like you have to be mentally and physically more almost mentally ready during the playoffs. Um, especially these NBA seven game series, like, and especially this season too, because it's so competitive. I could see like some deep series. It's a lot of seven game series, six, seven games, something along those lines. Um, I think we're going to not see very many four game series, three game series. No, I mean, you're, you're right in that way. And not only that, but, this season there's a lot on the line for some of the for a lot of these players you know LeBron obviously not making the playoffs last season doesn't help his legacy so you know going coming back this year and winning winning it all could help that yeah not only not only LeBron looking for his third finals MVP on his third different team also Kawhi Trying to win his third Finals MVP with his third team with the Clippers, James Harden. First year once again, like exactly. There are there's a lot on the line for a lot of these players, and and then another thing too, if you think about it from this way, okay, you're done with the season, right? But then two months later, you have to start back up all over again, right? And it's like we don't even know what the country, the world is going to look like by October maybe they won't even have a season next year. It's like everything's so up in the air. If I were them, I would be heavily, heavily overwhelmed. Um, and, and the other question is, even when it starts back up in December of next year, like, or I guess of this year for the next season, like, is it going to have to be in a bubble format again? How are they going to do that? Um so a lot of questions, a lot of open-ended type of situations. And to talk to talk about Demar Derozan again, I knew you even mentioned this, but he one of his quotes when he was on on a video call was definitely been something in play that's being discussed as mental health, mental well-being for everybody. Which oh yeah, which is I mean these players are going to be away from their families. <sighs> You yeah, know, away, think, away from their home, where they're where they're used to playing home games, mm-hmm. and I think mental health in the NBA is something that has been recently highlighted by Kevin Love. Kevin and, Love is a big one, yeah. And I think that it's something that probably a lot of people suffer from that we just don't know a whole lot about, you know. Especially like I mean, the NBA is a regular season is intensive. But having a season like this, just like like we've said, just adds to the pressure, adds to the 
the time crunch, everything involved just gets a little more intense when you do it like this. And I'm, well, obviously, There's pros people, and cons to every situation. People sure. like to like to clown that that players are do too much of the load management. But if you really, really think if you really think about it, it's better for not only the players, the players' longevity for their careers, but also you know just not getting burned out. Yeah. And this this season is obviously a, an exception to that, but I mean, your your favorite player is Kawhi, obviously, who's the who's the poster child for kind of the the load management. But you've seen you've seen how that has how that has turned out for him. Yeah, and, and he's, I mean, had, worked, he's had a pretty de- he's had a pretty decent career. It works for him. <laughs> yes, I totally would agree. I I'm personally as much as I love Kawhi. I'm not a fan of load management, especially, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just not a huge fan of it. I think that if they're going to do something like that, the NBA needs to put in some type of rules to where, like, players are allowed to sit out for a certain amount of game. Like, I don't know. I feel like it should be more – it's a little shady when they're just, like – it, it is it is a bad injuries thing for, for fans, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So I, I think that I'm not a fan of it, but it works for him. And I think Kawhi personally, like I mean, if you if you look at the regular season, the Clippers beat the Lakers every time they played. And I think in the West, the Lakers are the Clippers biggest competition. I think it's probably gonna be a Lakers Clippers uh Western Conference final. Which a lot of fans are anticipating. Which Absolutely. I, I would love to see that. And I think that I it kind of sucks for the Clippers just in general because I think that no matter what happens, I think the Lakers are always going to be the dominant team in that area. Uh, I, you know, they share a stadium, but the, the Lakers just have more history. They have more... <laughs> The Clippers are Clippers are arguably one of the one of the worst franchises in sports history if you look at their past. <laughs> yeah, and their previous owners and all that stuff. It's definitely yeah, definitely doesn't help them. And I and I think that I feel bad for the Lakers and the Lakers or the Clippers fans because it's like you know, they don't get nearly as much credit I think as the Lakers do regularly. It's, it's definitely it's definitely going to be very very interesting to see how this how the season this this weird season plays out. A lot of a lot of news in in recruitment this past week for high school players. Five star recruit class of twenty twenty McCore Maker, who's a cousin of Detroit Piston Thon Maker, committed to Howard Friday. 16th oh, yeah. in the ESPN's ranking, 17th in 24/7's ranking, which made him, which makes him the highest-ranked recruit since ESPN began the recruiting database back in 2007, to commit to an HBCU, historically black college university. Maker chose Howard over, over college powerhouses, UCLA and Kentucky. The absolute pinnacle of college basketball. You know, he narrowed it down to four, which was Howard, UCLA, Kentucky, along with Memphis, who's a good program. 
very interesting that he chose Howard over those three other programs. I'd love to hear your take on it first before I give my take. Well, obviously, I I love college basketball. I, I personally like college basketball more than I like the NBA. And I, and I think that from a fan standpoint, that doesn't do much for me. Like, I've never watched a Howard game in my life. I'm probably never going to really watch this guy play. He's not going to be on national TV no matter how good he is. They're, they're just not going to get a whole lot of spotlight. But I definitely like where he's coming from in this selection because, yeah, it, I mean, okay, I'm not – yes, he will probably get some national games because of him. And that's, I think, the whole idea behind it that he was thinking is that he wants to p- put a spotlight on these, like, MPHCs, and I think that that's good. Uh, uh, you know, I think that it, it's it's never bad to do that. But I definitely, from a fan's perspective, that doesn't do a whole lot for me because it, it's just he's not going to be very competitive and his, like, you know, they might not even make the tournament type of thing. Uh, but I, I think that from a personal standpoint, from his side, I definitely agree with it. I think it's a good decision. I, I, the way that I look at it is I think this is, this is a great thing for these programs. And not only, not only that, but even if, even if they may not be competitive, I, th- I don't think it's going to hurt his draft stock whatsoever. He made he made sure to bring out or mention to other recruits that this is something that he wants other people to follow in his footsteps, especially Mikey Williams, who a lot of experts see as the best player in the class of 2023. And his his Mikey Williams statement following that was very interesting and very true. He said that if you're a pro, then you're a pro no matter what college you go to. For sure. Which is absolutely true. I mean, if you look at players like Ben Simmons, went to LSU, which obviously is has in the past been a great program. You know, you know this guy Shaquille O'Neal went there, but his year that he was there, they were not even five hundred, didn't yeah. make the tournament, but well, the still pro- went the number pro- one the overall. The problem with that, the problem with the Ben Simmons situation, I I don't like that at all. I think he's a I hate his attitude. I think that he he didn't want to be there from the beginning. He didn't want to go to college. He wanted to go straight to the NBA, and he was having a pity party the entire year. And I think that's exactly why LSU did not perform to the best ability. And I think that's part of the problem with this whole situation and even that statement that he said, you're a pro no matter where you go. No, like I personally think that if you're going to go to college, you need to compete to win a national championship, period. And I, I, I guess from the perspective of a college athlete wanting to make their money and blah, 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 especially a big five-star recruit. But from a college basketball fan's perspective, I hate that because I never like to see a player who is just in college to get to the NBA and could care less if he wins a game ever. Like, I, I definitely see that perspective of no matter where you go, you'll be a pro, blah, 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 all that. But you have to go to college. You have to. You don't have a choice unless you just want to go to the G League and do absolutely nothing. Like, I, I think that going to college is a part of the experience. And 
going to the tournament and it's just I think it's a whole nother level and I hate that attitude of oh I I don't care where I go like I'm just trying to get to the next level I really don't I don't think he meant it in that way what in in that way at all but if you really think about it I mean these these colleges especially the you know the Dukes the North Carolinas the UCLA's really do make money so much money off of these black athletes that I think not only not only McCure but Mikey are starting to realize that not only and I'm not saying that I obviously have never been in their footsteps but you don't know how they feel at these big time programs you know for sure oh I'm, these, not, I'm not taking away from like the whole obviously going to the the black college like he wants to and to shine some light on that and kind of feel comfortable. I, I'm not taking it away from that at all. I'm not saying him personally. I think the whole Ben Simmons argument kind of brought up something for me. Yeah. Just because like personally, I think he was just being an absolutely awful sport. I think that he just really didn't want to be at LSU. He didn't like his coach, blah, 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 a bunch of excuses in my eyes. Mm-hmm. And, he, and then he sat out and chose, I think they made the tournament that year. And he sat out and chose to not play in the the biggest tournament in the country. Like, come on, dude. Like, that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So, personally, I think going to college as a, a big college, as a big star athlete is a part of the experience. It's a part of what makes you to be that big power. And I think, unfortunately, going to Howard – there's not going to be as many eyes on him. There's not, that's just kind of a fact. And that as much as that kind of sucks, it is what it is. And I think he's trying to get it to a point where there are more eyes on Howard as a university and all that type of stuff. I think that's great. And I think there will be some more eyes, but it's not going to be anywhere to the level of if he went to Kentucky or if he went to Duke. And this is this is going to be. I think this is a great a great step forward for this for the especially not only McCure but also if Mikey Williams. Obviously, there are three three years until he commits. But but if Mikey Williams ends up going, I think that will be a great great step for them. And like like I said, he's arguably the best player for the class of twenty twenty three. And I, I don't think that's going to hurt his draft stock either if he's still the caliber of player that he is then yeah, as he is now. But mm-hmm. but no, like you said, Ben, ben Simmons is a different story. We're going to see how, how this goes for Maker because this, this is going to ultimately determine if he is a lottery pick next year. He wasn't. He did declare initially for this year's draft, but but isn't in any of the dra- mock drafts. I think he was seventy fifth. Oh wow! In a lot of mock drafts for this season, as he went to a, a prep school this mm-hmm. past year, so he was eligible. But yeah. we'll see if if he if this help if it, if this helps or hurts him. And, ex- and, and that's exactly your point. My point exactly is being a being a lottery pick like if you don't go to college or you don't perform to your ability in college, I don't care what you were like in high school. Right. Exactly. You're not going to be a lottery pick. 
Like that's just a proven fact. So you have to go to that level and be competitive, maybe even be on a competitive team in order to get to that level. Because if you look at the statistics and everything of how many players from this team, that team, the other team get to the NBA as a lottery pick, like it's like always Kentucky, Duke, like you see the same people, you see the same people every year. And, you know, it will be interesting to see. Maybe this is going to be a change of the kind of a change of the guards, because even like John, a good example of like maybe not a huge profile team is John Morant went to Murray State. Right. Like, come on. No one. I've never even heard of that place. Like, so I definitely think that you can obviously get to that level from your statistics. I don't think from yeah, and it's it's more from stats. It's more from just watching you rather than watching the entire team. You know, right? And and that's the biggest the biggest thing is, I obviously we we have no idea how Howard's schedule is going to look next year, but but if they are playing these these not not nationally known teams, is he going to get the level of competition that he? that he's going to need for to to become a lottery because at the end of the day that's that's what matters is who he's playing against who's who's pushing him to be a better player and like you said Murray State John Morant even though he was he was getting national attention for what he was doing on the court it really wasn't until late in the year when they were playing these bigger and you know the the pinnacles of college basketball so the largest so next year Howard plays Notre Dame. Oh wait. They play Notre Dame. They play oh shoot. They play Toledo, Marshall, Appalachian State. Yeah, in all honesty, they do not have a whole lot of competition on their schedule. And that could become an issue for him, unfortunately. And now, I mean, what we will see, obviously, obviously, you know, just just reiterating Mikey Williams comment. But if you're a pro, then you're a pro no matter what college you go to. And we're going to see if, if he does, if he does, you know, com- compete and have the numbers to stack up against all these other five star recruits that are going to be eligible for next year's draft. Speaking of of another recruit that committed this past week, class of 2022, number one player in the class of 2022, Amani Bates. He'll be eligible in like seven years. (laughs) Not eligible for college for another two years, obviously, class of 2022. But one of the, according to a lot of recruits for ESPN, the best recruit that we've seen in years. If you want to know exactly how good he is, just to give you some some statistics, he's six foot nine, long frame, long arms, a tight handle, lethal scorer from all three levels, literally able to score from anywhere on the floor, averaged 33 points per game, nine boards this past season as a sophomore. This past season, he was became the youngest player ever to win the Gatorade National Player of the Year. 
at 16 years old. Not even LeBron did it when he was 16. Had a perfect recruitment grade. And the only other six players to do that coming out of high school was another player in the class of 2021, Jonathan Kuminga. And the five players that ultimately played in the NBA, R.J. Barrett, Andrew Wiggins, Greg Oden, Dwight Howard, and LeBron James. Pretty good company there. For sure. I think it's very interesting that he committed two years early. Yeah, well, we will see how we'll see how that turns out. Obviously not eligible for another two years to play in college. Michigan State was a very interesting choice. Obviously, obviously no no disrespect to Michigan State, even though I'm I'm a Michigan Wolverines fan myself, oh. but so but, you do have a lot of disrespect towards Michigan State. Picking I, up the number one player in 2022 is kind of hurtful to us, but but I I think it's going to be really good for him to to go to a you know Michigan State, State is a, is a powerhouse is a powerhouse. Like they're a big powerhouse, and they might not be great in maybe college football, but in college basketball, they. they They've they been do, a powerhouse they, they, for a long time. I mean, they've they've. Tom yeah, Izzo is a is such a good head coach. Like he he puts it together every year. And and this kid is getting a lot of comparisons to Kevin Durant. You know, being being that tall, being able to score for any, anywhere on the floor. I think having someone uh, Magic Johnson, for example, Michigan State alum, obviously yeah. had had a ton of success there. Having someone like that in your corner, who knows how how close they're going to become? But that could that could be very beneficial for him. You know, being able to be a he's listed as a, as a small forward now, but being able to have someone who played point being that tall is is going to be very beneficial. Yeah, I agree. I think that. Uh... You know, there's still a lot of time before he even gets to Michigan State. So kind of the jury's still out. I definitely see what you're saying from all the statistical standpoint of his high school game. But you never really know what can happen in, what, I guess three years before he's even eligible for the draft. So it's going to take some time for him to, I think, kind of prove himself still because he can be this – prodigy from high school but if you don't if you don't put it out on the court in college and if you don't show prove yourself in high school the next couple years you know that could change and then also the decision of Michigan State in my opinion easily easily can and probably will change within the next two years two years is a long time and there's a lot of players who commit super 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 early and then decommit like when it comes down to crunch time so I definitely I'm not going to put that past him. Uh, I don't think anything is really set in stone right now. Yeah, like like you said, they and and the NBA is starting in 2023, allowing players, you know, to get drafted right out of high school. He has he has made a comment about that, saying that he wants to go play in college, especially Michigan State, which is about an hour from where he attended high school. Yeah. But like you said, this is going to be a very interesting two years. 
according to a lot of guys at ESPN, he's the best recruit that we've seen in years. So who knows what's going to change? I mean, we see recruits change all the time. Daily. Yeah. Recruits are never. Yeah, exactly. That that stuff changes all the time. And that's why I'm a little bit hesitant to really get into anything involved in him until about a year and a half from now. So we'll, right. we'll, we'll follow up in about a year and a half and see, yeah, see these, where he's at. Where are they now? <laughs> do a little, a little, where are they now? And a year and a half, see if he's still, yes. you know, I mean, he, he has been being, he has been this highly touted for about a year now, I would say as you know, he's a sophomore now, I think right around his freshman year is when he started getting a lot of national attention, well, I mean, these kids are starting to get recruited when they're like 15 playing AAU basketball. Right. Like, I, I remember going to basketball tournaments and my brother was playing in them and he was like 10 and you had some college, you had college coaches and recruiters at these games watching AAU 10 to 15 year olds. And I'm like, this is getting ridiculous. That's, that's just so much pressure to put on. You know, this kid, this kid's just now learning how to. He just got his license. If you really he can't think even about drive, it. like, <laughs> and and I, we are young. I am young. I mean, yeah, you're in kind the of big old, scheme. But... Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> in the big scheme of the world, I'm young, and I'm still about four years older than, like, five yeah. years older than this guy. And it's like, that is crazy to me. And he is close to being, and you can't tell me that they don't pay their players. College basketball, as much as I love it, might be the most corrupt thing on the planet. And so he is about to be making some bank at the age of like 17, 18. To be honest, he's probably right now getting paid from Michigan State in some type of manner. So, I yeah, I definitely definitely think the whole recruiting side of college basketball is a bit premature nowadays they're really starting really 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 young and i mean that just kind of proves i guess in terms of like talent talent wise people are starting to get more talented younger and uh yeah i mean we we really haven't haven't seen a player like this in a while being able you know being being that tall being able to shoot over anybody from anywhere on the floor having that having that tight of a handle being able to play any position you know is very we're definitely we're definitely going into a new era of basketball even though we we already have you know you have to be able to be as versatile as possible for sure on the court being able to yeah, you can't, you can't just be a big man. You have to be able to be a big man and shoot threes nowadays. And you have to, like, yeah, you have to be able to almost play every position because I think kind of the age of like being a position player is kind of over in the NBA. Look at look at look at uh, Nikola Jokic. He's a center, but he is what ten, top ten in the top ten in the league in assists. And yeah, that's the era of basketball that we're going into. Is that if and I mean, Bam Adebayo is another one. Exactly. I, I totally agree. I think that NBA basketball is changing really quickly, kind of right before our eyes. And it's getting younger and it's getting more talented. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see. And yeah, I mean, 
obviously still still two more years until he even steps on Michigan State's campus. But uh, this is this is going to be a very very interesting next couple years for not only not only the NBA but college basketball too. Seeing what direction this that goes in. The one album that I really wanted to focus on this week was Pop Smoke's Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon, which released this past Friday. His first album since being killed back in his home in February. It's expected to debut this week at number one on the Billboard charts. Had 19 songs with a ton of features from the likes of Quavo, Lil Baby, DaBaby, Sway Lee, Future, 50 Cent, Roddy Rich, Lil TJ, and King Combs. I would love to hear your take on it. I think it really showed how versatile and talented an artist he really was. Had a lot of R&B and more slow songs than what we expect from songs like Dior and Gotti. I definitely agree. I love this album. I've been listening to it the whole, like, every time when I go to the gym. It's a... it's a great, I think getting Lil Baby and Da Baby on the same track is like, you can never have too much baby. <laughs> so I, I definitely, <laughs> definitely really like this album. Uh, very versatile, a lot of different styles in it. It's unfortunate that, you know, he had to pass so soon because I think he's very talented. So, yeah. And, and like you said, uh, it really, it really showed just how different of an artist he was. You know, his his songs, obviously Dior and Gotti, they're not what 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 a lot of music fans are used to when it comes to that kind of energy on a, on a track. But but let me just let me rank rank my top top five. Your your mention of of Lil Baby and the Baby is definitely on there, but. At number five, I had to give that to you, Aim for the Moon, which is the track featuring Quavo. Both of them absolutely killed their verse. Kind of had an Astro World kind of vibe to it, in my yeah. in my opinion. Quavo was definitely con- one of the contenders for my favorite feature on the album. Killed killed his verse. Definitely a very very hype song. At number four, I gave that spot to Yeah Yeah. Absolutely. And it, this was probably the catchiest song on the whole album. I don't know why. It just really stuck out to me. Didn't have a feature on it, but n- number four spot. Number three, had to give that to The Woo, which had 50 Cent and Roddy Rich on it. Roddy Rich is very quickly becoming one of my favorite artists. Probably one of my top five favorite artists in yeah. music right now. This This just proved that. I mean, he it was it was one of the more chill songs on the album, but nonetheless, definitely, definitely one of the best. Number three spot was that for me. Number two, which didn't have a big name feature on it, but that spot I gave to Diana, which was featuring King Combs. Very, very chill song. King Combs has been in, in a few different features here and there, but not somebody that I really listen to personally but he did not disappoint whatsoever so after hearing that track definitely going to be paying attention to him more and then you mentioned it earlier but 
my number one spot had to had to give that to for the night, which is featuring little baby and a baby, baby on baby on baby. It was that song. If I know this, that song is probably going to be the most popular song out of that album for good reason. Little baby absolutely killed his feature, had the best feature on the whole album, in my opinion, just solidifying himself at the top of the rap game. Once again, haven't heard a bad little baby feature or song in a minute. So very, I totally agree. Very solid album for me. I gave it a 7.5. Had, I definitely had, definitely had some hits on there, but I'm very critical about my album reviews. So I think a 7.5 in my opinion is very solid. Did not disappoint. Long live pop smoke. Very, very unfortunate, obviously, what happened. So I hope this really, for the people that never really listened to him before he passed away or was killed in his home back in February, I hope this really, like, gets people noticing him. For sure. Outside of that, I have three other songs that, outside of this album, obviously, that I wanted to mention. Like, three releases of this past week outside of the Pop Snook album, which those five, everyone should listen to. But these three, number three was Shoreline Mafia, Just Change Your Life. Group out of the LA area. If you haven't heard of Shoreline Mafia before, definitely listen to them. You can definitely kind of hear their LA style and their music. Their two top, well, number, top two songs are bands and nothing major, which... Bands has over a hundred million plays on Spotify, so definitely more pretty popular group out right now. But if you haven't heard that song, highly recommend it. It's more more on the chill side than their typical music. But number two, Moneybag released a, a single, said some Moneybag's just kind of been killing it lately. So and this and this does not take away from that at all he's been yeah. absolutely killing the music game lately obviously had a single with Lil baby which blew up not too long ago this was another really solid track and then number one had to give that to flood my wrist a boogie featuring Lil uzi and don q such an elite lineup if you really think about it i mean a boogie and Lil uzi never disappoint together so this was not Nothing new to that. I mean, Lil Uzi featured in A Boogie's album earlier this year. They've done a few tracks together, and they always turn out really solid, which kind of different artists in their own way, but they sound really nice together, and this was no exception to that. But that's all I have for music so far. Anything else you want to add before we close out, Bryce? No, I... uh you know, great weekend sports, super excited for the next like upcoming weeks, because I feel like we're going to have a lot of news, a lot of news. We're getting in the home stretch, hopefully. I, and you made, you made sure to mention earlier that, that a lot of these teams are closing their practice facilities. So a lot, we're in the, we're on the home stretch in the grand scheme of things, sure. but a lot can change in three weeks. I and mean, baseball has, has been, training 
they're going to be starting up in less than less than three weeks at this point. Uh, the regular season starts for them the twenty third and twenty fourth. But yeah, and baseball's coming, basketball's coming, even football's coming soon. So I'm definitely excited for the future of sports within the next like couple months. Yeah, I mean we we have a lot. We have. You know this. This has been a pretty pretty boring last few months. Obviously, all that matters is that everybody's staying safe. But would love would love for any kind of sports to come back. So hopefully, nothing nothing stops that from happening. But that's yeah. gonna do it for today. Stay safe, everybody. Riley Shepard for Bryce Wyatt. It's the Who's Got Next podcast, and we will all see you next week.